I don't know if I'm going to do what I did last Sunday. Uh, I have no notes here. <laughs> and we'll see if I get the tablet up here. But I'm going to use the screen anyway, so we'll use the screen. Um, this is Christmas Eve celebration. And what we have sung tonight, I wanted to share with you, I did not know for 19 years of my life. I never met a single Christian before I was 19 who would talk to me about Christmas being about Christ. Never, never once in my high school experience did I have a Christian come up and take an interest in, in who I was. And so what you're singing tonight was news to me, but a news I wasn't interested in. Okay, so we'll go to the next slide. Because one of the things that, that I didn't understand was how God was interested in individuals. And the individuals, when you have a chance to celebrate Christmas, you have a chance to tell what's in your heart. And I wanted to tell you what I saw that you guys didn't see was last Sunday, Mark, this guy over here hiding, because um, when he stands up, you can't hide, Mark. I saw Mark... Sunday uh, at the nursing home, we were telling the Christmas story, and Mark just came alive. And it was so fun to watch Mark tell them the story of Christmas. And so Mark, as he was telling the story and getting into it, uh, he was telling a group of people that, that their family and friends were there, but they're, they're on the other end of their life. But the thing about this that I saw was Mark was being Mark. But it wasn't just Mark. It was Christ and Mark sharing the good news. And so tonight, as Nick, as you were playing, and as Cassie was playing, as the kids were playing, there, there's something that when you have Christ in you, you do things that will make you special. Things that you do that people won't know that you do. Uh, things that you serve in, in the corners of the world that people won't even recognize, like the next slide, um, which will be our cue. Because I came out of the parking lot one time and I saw two servants of God out there slaving, putting up that little crash out there. And so thanks to Russ and Joyce, because it was the spirit in you that wanted to serve us. And so I wanted to say thank you. Because God set you free because there was something inside of you that was not self-serving, but you were Christ-serving. There's something about Christmas. It's not just about getting gifts. It's about being able to be free from the selfishness that you give gifts. Well, I didn't know about that. So let's go to the next slide. Christmas is such a wonderful wonder because there is a the delight. There is something about this, this joy, a mystery, but a soul-stirring if you get to this point, there's something that takes place inside of you. It's Christ in you. And it goes to a joy that when you begin to stop and forget about the credit cards and forget about overeating and forgetting about the business, you begin to think, what's this all about? And so as we go to the next slide, you think about this story. And if this story doesn't stop you, it should but no one told me this story. And the story was that God left his home. Now why did he do that? 
He had the glory of the angels. He had palaces. He had songs. He had beauty. He had everything. But Christ was not preoccupied with himself. And so he came to this little town of Bethlehem. And again, I asked Sunday, why Bethlehem? I mean, if he wanted to be known as the international savior of the world, why didn't he go to Jerusalem? Why didn't he go to the religious system? He didn't go to seminary. He didn't get the accolades. He didn't have those letters behind his name. He went to a little place, a no-name place, a place out of the way, because that's what God does. He goes into the corners of the world because he's not interested in setting up religious systems. He's not interested in civil religion. You see, Christianity is the only, only faith that to get into the kingdom, you have to know the king on a first name basis. I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Jacob. I am the God of Isaac. I am Daniel's God. I am David. I am Isaiah's God. And, but I'm not Jerry's God. Because Jerry doesn't know me yet. He doesn't know my story. But when I heard that first time, I thought, who is this God guy? And why did he, what's this all about? And I will tell you, Christmas didn't have a meaning for me besides the typical, here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus. I had no idea that what we are singing about was actually relevant to my life. That there is meaning in that babe born. But he's Jewish. I'm not Jewish. I'm American. I couldn't put it together. And nobody helped me put it together. And therefore, as I understood that little town of Bethlehem, that God seeks out the corners, he's doing something that we don't understand that God does. That place, who would go to this place? There's nothing there except people that God wants to know, people who don't know. And therefore, in that little God-forsaken spot, Christ is born. The God that we worship is a God that was born in no place. But it wasn't the place, geography, that mattered. It was some other place that he was interested in. So go to the next slide. The wonder of that night, you know, was not just limited to Bethlehem, and it wasn't limited to Bab Babylon, because the news Daniel told the Magi, those spiritual men, those men of, of forecasting the future, they heard from Daniel five to seven hundred years before Christ was born that there was going to be born a king that would rule over Israel. Now you're in captivity, Israel, and in captivity they're telling about Christ. And so they came, and they brought their gifts, but what they didn't understand is that the king that gave their gifts to was going to give them gifts. And therefore, as you think about Jesus giving to you this Christmas, what this is all about is something I never knew. So what does Jesus give? Well, 
in all these gifts, as we looked at, as you look at the scripture, if you were to ask Jesus for one thing, just one gift, what would you ask him? If you were to ask Jesus for one gift, just one, I will tell you now that the cry of the human heart at the point of death is God forgive me. And Jesus gives forgiveness freely. Not as the only gift, but as the beginning gift that God says, I know. I know who you are. I know what you feel. I know what you think. I know where you're walking. And I want to come into your world. I bring the gift of forgiveness. Can you imagine that if the guilt of the humankind was erased, that there's no shame, no more guilt, no more fear. What greater gift would you have than the joy, the joy of saying, I, they're not going to throw me away. They're not going to cast me out. But Jesus brings a, gift of fear, brings a gift of forgiveness. Go to the next slide. God's riches at Christ's expense. What's grace? No one told me about grace. It's not a word we use very much. It's certainly not a word that we experience very much. When people offend you or hurt you and get irritated with you, but grace is something different. Grace means you can't stop God from moving in to love you. He's going to move and move and move. It's not based on you. He doesn't take his cue from your attitude. Grace is the very core of the heart of God. And he gives 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 and he gives. Because it's his riches. You can't exhaust this gift of grace. We'll go to the next one. This idea of salvation, I just didn't get it at all. But what I understood after 10 people in college began to talk to me, after a year, I began to see that salvation was not accepting Jesus so I can go to heaven. Wasn't that it at all? Because the guy asked me, do you want to go to heaven? I said, I don't know. Never thought about it. You want to go to hell? I don't know. I never thought about it. He says, you don't think about heaven and hell? I said, no, I don't think. I'm not a Christian. Why would I think that way? Why do you do what you do? I, just, I was I dumbfounded. I never met a Christian like that. But when I understood that Jesus was not here on earth to fix my life, to solve the problems of the world, Jesus was here for an entirely different purpose. And that purpose was to pursue some other corner of the world of a person that did not know him. And that was me. And therefore, as you go to the next slide, the gift of salvation is translated into this idea that if you come to Christ as you are, you'll be paralyzed. But to understand that all that you are is not a bag of sin with two feet. There's more to the human soul than making mistakes. Getting God to get into your plan. It's not about getting life to work or getting God to work. It's something totally different. But as Charles Spurgeon said, 
There isn't anything that you have done that will forfeit or cancel God's love. And therefore, there may be some sins which, men, which a man cannot speak, and there is no sin which the blood of Christ cannot wash away. Now again, my question was, why would God do that? Why would God be interested in doing that, leaving heaven and coming on earth as a little baby? Go to the next slide. Well, he did it for one reason. And this is a hard reason. You. God did it for you. And when he did it for you, he came not just to bless you with forgiveness and bless you with grace and bless you with cleansing of the problems of sin. He came to give you more than the blessings. But praise be to God that he's given us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He's given us the whole nine yards, ten yards, eleven yards, how many yards you got. Christ gives everything. But beyond that, there's something else. Go to the next slide. He gives himself. I didn't know that. I didn't know that God would be a counselor, a wonderful counselor. God never counseled me. Did he counsel you? I didn't know God does that. Psalm 32.8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you should go. I will counsel you with my eye on you because I know you. And the Lord is a counselor. No one told me he wanted to do that. Or the Prince of Peace, he wanted to give me peace. All that, all that Christ was giving, when we say, hallowed be thy name, we say, God, be everything your name is. When you give yourself to me, you get the whole Trinity. And that's good news. Okay, go to the next one. This idea of a gift, that God gives gifts, was a confusing thing for me because as a kid, I always thought about getting gifts. You know, we always, well, always do. You look under the tree, what's, what's, what am I going to get? But I want to tell you something that was a gift that threw me away, and I want you to, encur be in I want you to encourage you. <laughs> I want to encourage you with this thought. Why would God give himself to you? And the answer is in, is in this little story. When I was a young man, 12 years old, still a little boy, I didn't have much money. But I remember the first time I'd ever buy a gift for my mother. Dad was gone at 10. But there was a hardware store called Redelman's Hardware. And you go in to... Redelman's and uh, here was the hammers and the tools and paint and that section. But on this side of the room, there was a display case and there was all these gifts thing uh, displayed. And so I, I happened to walk by the front window and I saw this set of Libby glasses, the old-fashioned kind, where they had the gold rim. And those gold rim and they had this frosted side on it. And half of it, I remember they were Oakleys, but this one has, this is not exactly like them. But they, they, I remember that half of them were, were gold and they were shiny. And, and I was 12 years old and I thought, that's what I want to get for mom. And so I pulled out my money and I bought them. Brought them home. I wrapped that first gift. I don't know how much tape was over that package, but boy. <laughs> and I just couldn't wait for mom to open that gift. And I was waiting and I was waiting. And so finally mom opened the eight gold rim, Libby oaked, frosted glasses. And, and she just beamed. 
This is the first gift from her son that I, I could remember. And she was so thankful. And I was so proud. I, she liked them. And then you know what she did? She washed them up. And then she took those gold rim frosted oak leaf. And then she put them, opened the cabinet, and she put them right up there. All shiny and clean, new. Right next to the jelly jars. Where we would always get the jelly jars if you wanted some tea or some drink. And this is Libby Gold Rim Oak Leaf Frosted next to those jelly jars. And sometimes she would use those glasses, but more often than not, she used the jelly jars. And I came to learn later on in life that it is not the container that matters. It's what's inside. What I couldn't give to mom, what was inside those glasses was my heart in one sense, but the idea that you're just a container, but what's inside you, you may be giving to other people. But what Paul said, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And I had no idea that Christianity was not about religion. It's about Christ in me, in a personal relationship where he was intimately involved in my life in such a way that he would tell me he loved me. I did not know that. I didn't know that. On May 10th, 1972, in Muncie, Indiana, at room 627 in Palmer Hall, at 6.30, I became a Christian. And I said this prayer. I said, Jesus, I do not know you. I know that you came for the salvation thing, which I don't understand. I know that I need to confess my sins to you and trust you as my Savior, which I do. And I asked Christ into my life for the first time in 19 years I'd ever prayed. And I prayed one more thing that night. I said, Jesus, I want this relationship to be real. That babe was born in a manger. I was born in a dorm room. And my life came to be not because I was seeking God, but because God was seeking me. The good news about Christmas is that God makes you free from yourself and he'll give you everything to know what it means to be loved. And those things that block your understanding, your doubts, your fears, your shame, your guilt, your sins, your craziness or whatever, he'll counsel you to take those off of you so that you see Christ alone. Well, he was born, he came, he loves, he died for you. One by one. Here in Chesterland, in Russell, in Kirtland, in Japan, Africa, around the world. But he does it one by one. Name by name. And I started way back there. With people you don't know. But you'll see them. Be there rejoicing with all the angels and with all the church of God because they sing 
about this night. So let us join with all those choirs from a long time ago. Let's sing 250 Silent Night.